Okay. Love Talk Radio. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It's October 29th, 2 p.m. I am really looking forward to this uh, podcast because I have two outstanding women to tell amazing stories. Uh, and one of the things I thought of after I had posted um, uh, the, the title as uh, Crisis, uh, I thought that maybe we could also title this as Rising from the Ashes because both, both of these women have done this numerous times in their life. And I got inspired the other day when I called uh, Rosemary. Uh, how do I pronounce your second name? Baccio, is it? Rosemary? Oh, I think, oh, we dropped her. Oh, that's too bad. I'm going to have to do this again. Uh, Rosemary lives up in, way up in the woods in, uh, in Maine. And... Uh, so we're going to have a little problem, I think, sometimes with her reception. In the meantime, Rebecca's here. So, Rebecca, help help me fill some. Well, first of all, let me give you your introduction. Uh, well, we've done yeah, this, well, I love we your title. Yeah, we know each other for a million years, so I'll just tell the, the listeners that, uh, you know, uh, I met you when I was taking uh, sober mind control, and that has to be about 16 years ago. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. That's amazing. We've been yeah. in touch ever since. Yeah, and, I started uh, teaching that in 2004, and um, it's a powerful program if you want to shift your thought. Well, you know, it uh, again, through so many of our conversations, we talk about the fact that we, uh, we seem to find each other. Um, you know, this is a you know, I think one of the things we've reached, touched on recently is the golden thread for life, where you run into people that you never imagined you would be uh, close with, and they show up, and you start to share this amazing journey with. So um, that's us. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to reconnect again with Rosemary. We'll Hello, see. we're back. There we go. We're back. Okay, so I, I've got, I've, I've loaded uh, Rebecca into with a just a brief uh, uh, introduction, uh, and I'm going to just talk about how our connection. Rosemary came through uh, the fact that when Paul Paul Elwell met you on one of the uh, cruise ships, and uh, you know he met you, Victoria, uh, Toby, and mm-hmm. you guys had a good relationship. And he Savannah, me. yeah. And uh, so that's been. Wow, that must be what about eight years ago or something? Oh my goodness, that was two thousand nine. Um, yeah, okay. yeah. It's been even more than that. Yeah, even longer. Let me improvise an introduction for you. You know, your story is absolutely amazing because of its yourself less. Uh, you know, and we can talk about Victoria and uh, how you, you know. He came upon this beautiful soul, your child, and with her disability, and you have absolutely dedicated a thousand percent of your time to her and brought her along uh, in an amazing way. She's how old now? She is 18. She turned 18 in May. Gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, just to, just to kind of bring the, the, this together. Two selfless, wonderful uh, women who have really tapped into what it takes to be uh, at peace and to actualize in ways that 
uh, most people would love to be able to say they've done. And Rosemary, the reason I wanted to do this one is, and I told Rebecca about this, I called her immediately after our phone call the other day. We hadn't talked in almost, what, two years? It's been about two years. We've been back and forth every now and then, but, um, you know, connecting as much as we used to, it's been it's been on and off. Yeah, it's been about two years since we really uh, connected, I think. Well, rather than my set tell you where we left off, and I explained this to Rebecca, two years ago, you were in a rough place. I was. I was. Um, if, I, if I remember correctly, I know that back um, when we first, we, we're in a house, we're renting right now, but um, when we first moved in, my daughter had just come out of uh, PICU. She was hooked up for well over 24 hours, and um, we we almost lost her. Uh, this was due to, to a, a virus, uh, influenza virus. And she come out of that. She fought that hard. Well, we, we moved in here. Right around after that, around the same time, I found out that I had um, a, a tumor. I have a small tumor on my parotid. Uh, they, they say it's my, first they said parotid, they said pituitary, but it's near my salivatory gland. It's, uh, they said it was too close to an artery to do any biopsy. So they said even if it's cancerous, there was nothing they could do as a biopsy. So I was, uh, I was hit, you know, it's kind of like a ton of bricks falling on you. And um, as well as some other, you know, health issues I was dealing with. And then, you know, financial issues. And, and I, back when I think about it, I was, I think my 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 self confidence was lacking strongly then, um, so that made it even worse. So I was I was digging myself a hole even though I didn't know I was, and I was uh, I was it was just getting darker and darker for me. You know, it was interesting. So that's, at, that was then. Uh, Rebecca mentioned this the other day that at that time I knew that you were in dire straits and felt that uh, some kind of spiritual healing might be the answer. And um, so you guys know each other from, I think from some shows we've done before, but also from the fact that you were open to get the spiritual healing. But for some reason, uh, you, you guys didn't connect. And right. connected, I think, yeah. We, we might have had a, one conversation ultimately, but it was kind of hard to connect. It was kind of interesting, yeah. But yeah, but where I yeah where I am right now, I have to I have my phone in one spot. I the signal where I am, I'm kind of in a bit of a dip. I'm in a bit of a you could call it tiny little valley here, and it, and it just it wavers. But where I am at the moment, it in in the house, I could move from one section to the other, and I'd lose you. So I I'm I'm in one spot. I'm comfortable, fine. But uh, I have to keep my phone at a certain angle to the side. Kind of silly, but. Um, that's just the way it works. But I think that that was why we were dealing with a lot. I was dealing with a lot more phone issues even then. So everything right, was talking right. early. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, well, that's great to hear. Things are starting to turn, and you've overcome so much. That's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, um, yeah. In all honesty, I, I still have the tumor. It's been checked. It doesn't look, they said it doesn't look like it's grown that much. Um, I just, uh, my husband and I even both lately have started even a more healthier regimen, uh, take a lot of vitamins, um, 
just started a new, uh, like a type of uh, drink, a type of uh, uh, health drink uh, that's packed with all kinds of uh, natural, natural things, all kinds of nutrients. And you try to keep busy, try to keep moving, you know, because the more sedentary you become, uh, the worse it gets. I mean, the stiffer you get, the, the more, I think the even more depressed you get, the more sedentary you become. So we try to keep moving at all times. And, and that's made a big difference too. Um, I started a, a cleaning, I, was, I call it, it's more like a cleaning sanitization uh, business because um, we don't just go and clean as other, we have other equipment we use. I started that last year and I noticed that the more I got up and I, I, I will say a lot of people don't, may not agree. I love to work. I love it. Um, to me, getting out working because I'm at home with Victoria. I mean, and I'll put it this way she gets frustrated with me because I'm in her face all the time. You know, it's constant, this constant, that. And sometimes she'll scream, even scream at me like, mom, you know, I just, I've had enough. So if I get a chance even to get out of the house and work, when I get home, she's in even better spirits because mom's not in her face all day. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, my, my husband stays home and he takes care of her. But when it comes to them, they have a different relationship where, you know, he takes care of her needs. She she has her meals, and he makes sure that, you know, everything gets done, you know, the, the whole nine yards. But I'm more in her face. I'm more talking to her. I'm more, you know, having trying to get conversation going with her. And she's just more like, you know, she's 18, so she's got the attitude. So her hand's up saying, you know, Mom, it's enough. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I've noticed that that's, that actually helps quite a bit. And, um even with any health issues I've had, it's, I think I got it from my mother. She was, she was very, she, I called her the energizer bunny. Uh, Cause she just, she was nonstop. And even if she was in pain, even if she had issues going on, you never knew it. And that's something I hmm. learned. And I, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not guilty of complaining at times. I am, but I turn around, I take a look at my daughter and I say, you know, I have not, much, I don't have much to complain about. I really don't. I don't feel. Yeah, I'm all about spiritual healing. And I've had many, many um, instantaneous healings in my life by shifting my thought into the higher realms where the Christ consciousness is. And I've seen amazing things happen. My philosophy is there's always a solution and perfect health is our birthright. That's but sometimes right. we just have to work to get ourselves in that place where we can claim it again. You know, sometimes it slips away for a while, and then we have to, um, like you say, re-energize yourself. It does. I I try I try to meditate every morning, and and if I miss a day or miss two days, I actually feel it. I feel the difference, and. I mean, people can laugh like a scoff at meditation. I mean, personally, for me, it works. And I pray. I pray every day, you know. And I and not only pray, but I thank. And I say even the smallest things. I mean, some people, you know, may think, you know, oh, that's silly to pray about. But no, even the tiniest things. When I look back, and here's something that, that I bet is going to get a good laugh. I look back um, five years ago. Let's give it five years. They say every five years there's changes. Um. I didn't even have my own washer dryer five years ago. And I know it's going to sound silly, but I now own one. Yeah, I own a, I own my own. And and people are like, oh, yeah, what's the big deal with that? Well, 
five years ago, I didn't even own it. I, I didn't even have it. And I, you know, and to tell you the truth, we rented, we were renting furniture. We were renting even a bed at one point. So to, to, to look back at that and say, now I own the things I have. Now I, I mean, even the vehicle we have, you know, it's just, uh, I just recently purchased a, a small storage shed for my husband to start putting things in. Wasn't expensive. It wasn't the cost. It was the fact that I could do it and say, I could look look at it, even something like that, and go, despite the fact that material things, I say, you know, material is not the most important, and it isn't, but to think back five years ago, I could not have done that. And now, when I say, well, when we need something, it's not a want, it's a need, when we need something, and you're able to obtain it, that it, it's a huge mm-hmm. change. It, it's actually made me emotional, where I've said, I've thanked God, and I've said, Thank you for, you know, I mean, because I've actually put it in his hands. I got to the point, I put it in his hands, especially after I found out about the tumor and everything. I said, I'm going to put it all in your hands. It's up to you now. This is it. And I noticed that I just had to be patient. And before I knew it, things just started coming in, coming to us, you know, and I, and like, you know, um, last winter we hit a, hit a spot. We, you know, a tough spot and, we were thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to leave. We're going to have to move. You know, we're not going to be able to pay the rent. Well, it wasn't even a matter of days later. Um, do I mean, with, with this, like we say, we're talking about this crisis, talking about COVID and everything else. You know, it is. It's a crisis. It's, it's terrible. But I'm always trying to look at the positive. I'm always saying, what, where is the light in this? Where can I find any light in this at all? And I said, well, all of a sudden, we just got, I mean, we got a flow because I, I, I had to put in for unemployment. No one was going to be having anybody come in and clean their house. I mean, they were scared to death of anybody walking in. So mm. I started getting this unemployment before I know it. Here's the rent. I could hand the rent to the, uh, just like that, I was able to give it to the landlord. And that's when I said, and I was teaching myself again to just let go and just say, I've, I've got, I can't control, I cannot control everything. And I'd fallen into that pit at one point, and that's what I noticed. Things just went awry. They really did. And then I, I said, nope, I've got to let go. I've got to put it into, you know, bigger hands here. Focus on, you know, my main focus on what I'm doing, what's in front of me, put my strength in that. And then before I knew it, things just started to flow, and I, I was able to breathe again, <laughs> put it that way. Nice. It's all about just allowing it to happen and having enough mm-hmm. faith that you know you're going to have the solution. You don't know how it's going to come, but it will show up. It can do anything. Yes, yes, very much. Um, another thing, I'd say probably, Tom's probably wondering, you know, what's the big change here? Another thing was, and um, maybe a little off subject on the, on the spiritual, but actually there's a touch here that's not. You know, uh, my family and I, we don't go to church. We we don't have a church that we go to. We have a totally different place we go to. We uh, I became, it was over three years ago, I became a member of a local uh, motorcycle ch- club chapter. I didn't even own a motorcycle when, when I was, I was asked by the president if I, you know, if I wished to join. Because, uh, you know, I had a few people, dear friends of mine that were already a part of it. 
that had been, you know, mentioning me and mentioning my daughter and everything else. And the fact that this club puts they're all into Make-A-Wish and we're a Make-A-Wish family. So I said, well, let, let me check it out. I did. I went to at least two or three of the Make-A-Wish uh, benefit rides and the benefits they had. They have, you know, other things going on as well. And I was really impressed. And I said, yeah, I said, I'd love to be a part of this. I'd love to help. So we became a part of that. And I noticed just being a part of that alone uh, and the people that I've gotten to know that become like family, um, I noticed a big change in myself. I noticed like, you know, Tom said being selfless and it, it just makes you even more so because you just want to keep helping. You want to keep doing. And, you know, we've gotten a lot of benefits, uh, not only Make-A-Wish, there's a lot of other benefits we've done. And I've noticed a big change in myself since I become a part of that. And, uh, and it's just, I, um, and that's, that's the part about, you know, getting to know new people. There's another thing here. I was telling Tom that I've known people for well over 25 years that I don't even speak to anymore. That mm-hmm. I thought would be there, you know, you say, oh, best friend till the end. You know, I've known you, <laughs> known you forever. So best friend, no, it, it doesn't always work. And it's very painful. It's very crushing. But you get over it. And you start to realize that when you look back and you see that, a lot of the time, these people are actually more of a barrier in your life than they were cheering you on. So right. that's another thing I mentioned, I think, when I was when we were having our conversation is about when you say spirituality, the energies that people are putting off, you know, mm-hmm. you don't see it. You don't see it when you're in the middle of it. You 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 only see it when you step out of that box. So. I, I saw right. that I actually have saved myself and my family. So, yeah. You know, when you mentioned think- this, first of all, I could just say, Rebecca, I, uh, we did do some podcasts before, I think, with Rebecca. And, um, you know, just knowing it, <laughs> I'm sitting here with the biggest smile. And I just, Rosemary, I'm, I'm just playing off your energy. I mean, it's just so positive. It's so light. It's so free. And this is why I wanted to have this this podcast, because it's an absolute transformation. Rebecca, you want to make any comments on it? Well, I think it's fabulous. I mean, she sound, you sound like you've had a ma- an amazing, you know, epiphany about how you can solve problems in your life and spiritualize your thought to the point where you trust that everything's going to turn out in a positive way. And you're, you're getting the evidence. And I love the way yes. um talking about, you know, the, you're learning that the more you give through something like Make-A-Wish, that gets you even more in the flow. Because it does. if we want to see, we does. have to give. And, and when you mention that, it brings me back to this. I remember talking to another friend of mine about it because uh, here, here's an example. I had come, I was either at a meeting or I had done some, I had my vest on and and in this right here, I don't know, maybe you and Tom will, will see the same thing I'm seeing as well, is that I, I was in a Walmart, and I went up to the, the checkout, and there was a woman standing behind me putting putting her items up, and I only had a few things. And the cashier, you know, he was a young, young man, very young man, looked at my, he looked at my vest, and he went, oh, you're a biker, and I just looked at him, you know, and 
I, I kind of nodded a little bit, and I, I said, yeah. He goes, well, you know, you're, you're in a beggar gang? I said, no, 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 correction. I said, I'm in a club. I said, this is totally different. No, I said, and he said, well, and he, he said, well, I saw your patches. And the thing is, is that if you take a look at these patches, they they're literally show firefighter, uh, you know, uh, emblems and such. Because this is what this club is. It's a bunch of firefighters, EMTs, even, you know, retired military and so on. And they, you know, they're always out helping people, constantly saving lives. And, you know, the woman behind me was giving me a look, and you could laugh laugh at this, like she had a sour pickle in her mouth. I mean, the most nastiest look. She didn't take the time to even notice, you know. It's like she was just just not even not even under the surface, just the, the bare surface of what was on my vest, not even taking the time to read it, to, to see what it was all about, or even to ask me about it. And that's, I think, what the same thing people do with just anyone. They, they just see that, 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 that outer layer. They don't take the time. And there's a lot of people doing it today, even more so. And it's a very shallow thing. You know, everybody, there's such a shallowness that it's, to me, being, you know, empathic, very empathic, it's nauseating. I can't, I, I can't, I, I can't wrap my head around it, to put it that way. Um, you know, so that there's an example of how, you know, this woman was giving me looks, this young man, he, he was automatically thought I was something out of Sons of Anarchy, which, you know, I wasn't here. And, and that's the thing is that people, you know, they automatically assume that you know, you know we we have families, we have children, we are caring, we give to the community, um, and give very selflessly and generously. In fact, they'll pull right over. They see somebody on the side of the road, they'll pull right over and and help. You know, are you okay? Are you fine? You know, what can we do to help you? Now, do you see just about everyone doing that? Do you see cars pulling over in lines up the road to help someone? No. But we were out on a ride, and the whole entire line pulled over under the side of the road to make sure that that car was okay. Mm. It's, a, it's a different, it's a different world, and I have to say that I've been in, and I, I'm, I'm very, I'm humbled, but I'm also proud of it too. So uh, sounds you know, very kind of keep it, keeping that balance. You know, I sensed the other day the thing that triggered this, as you said, uh, one of the, and you just touched on it, the fact that you. Uh, all of a sudden decided that these people who were a drain on you, uh, one of my friends had a great expression all the time. He says, I want to be around people who charge my batteries, not drain them. Yes. And you said yep. once you made, uh, Matthew McConaughey recently did a uh, a little uh, blurb, uh, inspirational five minutes or so. And that was one of the first things he said was that, uh, if you look at the five people closest to you, the people that you interact with most every single day, you will see yourself. And I thought that that's right. It, that you know that is just so true. And if people ever stop doing that, but what impressed me about was when you said it. When you said you, as painful as it was, you had to let those people go. You felt you felt and experienced things immediately change. So you want to talk about that? They did. They did. Um, and how they changed. Uh, I, I was, that was the thing. I was taking more time 
um, putting my my energy, my to do, I was being drained, like you said. And once I step back, once I close that door, and that's the thing that's the hardest thing to do is to shut the door, lock it behind you. Better yet, you know, light a match, burn it, you know, burn it, and then keep moving on. Another thing I I also think about a lot is that a lot of people say, you know, well, you got to go down a certain path where you're going to get a fork in the road and you're going to be confused. Um, I will get back to that subject, but this this is part of it as well. I pave my own path. You know, I, I, I've told many people that. I've said, you know, I just start paving my own path. I start, you know, chipping away and chopping away so that it's mine. And that was something that when I was around these people, I didn't do. I was focusing more on them, putting my energy into them, trying to help them improve their lives so that my life was just staying in one sedentary, you know, it kept collecting dust. And once I, sh- once I got rid of that, I was able to shake that dust off and say, okay, time for me to move on, time to me to pave this path, go for it, see where it takes me, see where I take myself, you know, along with it. And one thing that I remember you always saying is that I climb a mountain every day <laughs> and that mountain has been extremely steep at times is during this path that I've paid, been paving every single day, you got to stop. And even if you stop for an entire day or stop for even an hour and take in everything around you and really take in the, the, the scenic quality, if you, say you're hiking a mountain, if you don't stop and look around, you know, it, what's the sense? What's the sense of even hiking it? What's the sense of trying to reach the, you know, when you're trying to reach the top, you should stop every now and then. Really take a look around and really see what's around you and say, okay, well, yikes, I got a huge tree up ahead there. Well, I got a huge rock over there. Well, let me see. If I take a left to go, you may have an even clearer path than the one you thought, you know, if you just keep looking right down at the ground in front of you. So if no. I'm not making sense, please let me know. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're making, you know, uh, Rebecca, you've read uh, Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Right. And you've got to savor everything in life in order to really be present and um, experience it. Otherwise, you're missing the whole point of being here. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that, you, what you just described, it's, it, it's ironic that you're talking about motorcycles, etc. In, in that book, one of the, the things I came away with that's permanent all the time, he said, when you're climbing a mountain, it's not the top that you should focus on. It's this rock, that's right. it's this tree, it's this river. Uh, and that's what makes, and, and one of my, although she's controversial as all Iris's song, um, it's not the mountain, it's the climb. And that's uh, right. So, so yeah. bravo to you for uh, for seeing that because you know it, I think so much of what people are trying to do these days is they try to focus on the end. So if you meditate and you you visualize, you'll get this thing. Or if you mm-hmm. uh, you know take these steps, you will get your goal. You will get and 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 what. We're here. What I think both Rebecca and I have discovered, and what you you've just done uh, revealed, is that things will happen that you never imagined. That's right. Yeah. I'm. Um, you know, I uh, another thing 
is I used to get up in the morning. The first thing I did was always just get on Facebook and scroll through and all. And I will do that once in a while. I always check out the Rett Syndrome World. I'll check out and see if anything's posted on our club page and stuff like that. But one of the first things I do actually is I get on my email and I check to see what the real estate's doing because for the first time in my life, I can actually do that. I'm, I worked on my credit score for a long time now and it's gotten really good. We've been saving a lot of money and I'm looking for either land or even a place that has, you know, a home already established. And I've found about, um, I want to say three different places already that I've looked into. And, but it's, it's, it's a one day at a time thing. And, you know, I, I have, I have to keep myself in the present, like you're saying, keep yourself, you know, grounded in the present now because if I don't, then that's going to slip away from me as well. And it's something that, you know, I want to do because to tell you the truth, my, our dream, our ultimate thing is to homestead. I mean, that, and, you know, some people may say, well, you don't want to, why not? Why don't you move to Florida? Why don't you do this or that? Oh, no, 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 no. With the way things are going right now, that to us, that seems to be the most practical thing to do. If I can get up in the morning and I can just simply go out to my greenhouse to pick the vegetables that I'm going to cook that night and not have to go to a store and collect the eggs from my chicken coop and to bake with, cook with, say, that's going to, that right there is pure gold to me. I mean, mm. you know, we already we started our little gardens here. Um, we've talked about having chickens. My daughter has chickens with her boyfriend. They just brought over a dozen for us. And because she, it's like she, I remember her saying that she was always, that I was always kind of, you know, I'm her mother, you know, she's supposed to, you know, look up and, and I'm supposed to be a good, you know, figure. That's what she did. She decided, mom, I'm going to garden this summer and I'm going to raise chickens. <laughs> That's what she did. So now her and her boyfriend can simply go out to the coop, get their chicken, their eggs they need, you know, go in and get their, their vegetables. They brought us, you know, they harvested a whole bunch and brought it to us, uh, you know, just a few months ago, a month or so ago. And that's what my main focus is, my main goal. Um, that way I can sit on my homestead. I can write. I can paint. I can do all the, the art that, you know, I, I've been doing. I can, and I can go out and, and work, get up in the morning and go out and uh, take care of any livestock. You know, Colby and I both can. And that's what we want to do. I mean, if people want to laugh at it, then all the power to them, that's fine. They can laugh at it, but it's okay. It's my life, not theirs. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's been another focus of mine. You know, Rosemary, again, if I, <laughs> I was having so much fun with all of this because, uh, uh, again, I, I was shocked, pleasantly shocked and awakened the other day when, First of all, when I called you and I got your answering machine and I heard that you had a cleaning business, and I, I guess I just want to, re, you know, make the listener understand, you were, I mean, it was, it, it was very difficult to talk to you two years ago because it was, it was almost at the point of despair. This is, you know, finances weren't there, your your health wasn't there. The, the problems you had with Victoria were over, overburdening. And it was like, I just, and to hear this, like I say, I think we could have called this rise, rising from the ashes. The fact that you, you now have money, 
the fact that you're looking for a home, the fact that you're, um, you know, you see this beautiful future for yourself, and you do it with conviction. What do you think, Rebecca? I think it sounds fantastic. I love your vision. I mean, to, to if you've got the energy and the everything else to put together um, a situation like you're describing, it sounds like heaven on earth. It's the way to live. It, it does. It really does because, and and it's freedom too. You know, you're it's a, and that's that's the thing that's the biggest deal right now is is where we're back to fighting where it's where Tom and I were talking about it. You know, this the way things have been going, um, and to think that you know if you if you can be self sustaining, which you know my husband and I are to an extent now. I mean, I. My mother taught me a lot. She taught me, she taught me how to improvise. She taught me how to, I mean, I make my own vanilla extract. I make my own brown sugar. I, I can make, I can make laundry detergent, dish detergent, all that stuff myself if I need to, even, you know, household cleaning. Um, I don't know if you hear Victoria in the background. She's starting to, I'm, I'm in another room, but she's out there. She's having a conversation. So um, you might hear her every now and then through my mic, but uh but I, I learned how to do this growing up. And another thing Colby and I have studied is, um, you know, uh, natural healing, uh, you know, going out and foraging. And we have the books and we've been studying that. You know, what can we find that God's put on this earth for us that can heal us, feed us, uh, help clean the house, the whole nine yards? And that's another thing that we've studied. Sounds like you're ready to homestead. <laughs> I'm more than ready, <laughs> but but I know it's going to take a little time. It's going to take a little yeah. time, and we've started here where we are right now. So we we harvested tomatoes this summer. We harvested um, garlic. We uh, peppers. Um, let's see, what else did we do? I had a bunch of flowers growing as well, but I I also oh, a bunch of herbs. I had a whole herb garden going. Um, Tried to grow watermelon. That didn't go too well, but there's always going to be a fail, and that just means that you can just try again. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I'm just chuckling. You know, and uh, I, I took a few courses uh, in, in an MBA program, and they, uh, Harvard is famous for their case study. You know, what's, what's so refreshing about you right now, uh, Rosemary, is you, you're just ex- just telling and sharing with the world at a time when I think they really need it, when too many people are getting falling in despair, and Rebecca and I talk about this every single day, you, you unlocked uh, secrets that have, again, <laughs> I called Rebecca immediately. I said, you, I, I said, I can't believe this is the same person. The energy level, the, the, the language, the visions, uh, the actions, um, you know, um, I, I, if, if I could wish anything for the world is that for everyone to have the transformation that you had. And this is a great story. Rebecca, you want to comment? Well, yeah, because it's very empowering for these people that are living in despair right now, feeling hopeless. They need to hear stories from people like Rosemary that have figured out how to hold a vision and believe that it will manifest. You're you're going to be living like that ultimately because you're figuring out how to do it, and it has to happen. 
It does. Well, it really not, does. And it's not out of the I realm of your possibility. Right I have to remind the listener that you – you have a 24/7, 365, year after year, total uh, need for somebody needs your attention to survive, and mm-hmm. you've done what you've done. This this rising from the ashes. You didn't just do this by picking yourself up and doing it. You still have all of those um, those chores, those that energy, that attention that has to be given. Uh, and and you did it in spite of that. Yes, and the thing is, is I, I, when you mention you know Victoria and and it, and some people may may say you know you got a, you got a lot on your plate, but that's heavy. And the thing is, is she's not. She's the one that that has me lifting myself up. She it's like it's like she's lifting me. Even though she can't get out of her chair, she's, you know, she's bound to a wheelchair. She cannot even use her hands. She's nonverbal. She can't even really fully say a sentence or, or even many words, but she does it. And I almost lost, I've all, in this life, in the lifetime, she's 18, but I've almost lost her three times. Um, the first time um, she was about, I think about four years old. And now I think three or four. And she had uh contacted uh, um, Salmonella through one of these uh, store-bought meals. I used to pick up these little meals for her. She loved them. And one of them happened to have some chicken in it that, that well, they, they traced it back. They tracked it back when she was in the ICU. They found out that that's where it came from. Um, she bounced out of that. She she kicked its butt. She really did. The second time was failure to thrive. We do it everything under the sun for her. And her body just would not absorb so she was hospitalized for an entire month. She was in the children's uh, intensive care and critical unit for for a few weeks, and then she was put in to the intensive care for for the next, for the other rest of the month. And we, we pretty much lived in the hospital, you know. And she came out of that. And then, just like I said, two years ago, um, she she went. We took her to a, the doctor's appointment. She had a checkup. Her doctor was sick. Her doctor was wearing a mask, mind you, at the time, too. And this is, I, I won't go any further into it because we're on a very upbeat level now. I don't want to get into this. But she actually uh, contacted a, a influenza A from her. And that with girls with RET, anything respiratory, anything like that can very easily be fatal. Um, but we got her to the hospital. I remember it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. I got up to, and I checked on her, and she just wasn't breathing right. She didn't sound good. So we got her to the ER right away, and they took some tests. They said, we'll get a hold of you as soon as possible, and they did. And they told me it was influenza A. Well, the moment I heard that, we packed everything up again. We headed up to, you know, a, um, a medical center uh, in Penobscot County, and she was automatically put into the ICU. And they started to uh, give her, um, I was Tamiflu, they started giving her uh, the medication. And they said to me, they said, if they had not started, it, it was me, it was like we had gotten her there just in the nick of time. And if they had not started that, I would have lost her. And when she come out of that, uh, this girl was, was just, she was just tenfold, just as just, just strong as ever. And that's where I 
that's where I get it from. That's where I, I see her. I see what she's dealt with over the years. I see how strongly and how courageously she has, you know, dealt with it. I mean, scoliosis, um, she back and forth with the x-rays. In fact, she was due to have surgery. We took her down to a Portland uh, city in Maine here, and they had her, the specialist, the surgeon, had her out on the table measuring, you know, getting her x-ray. And he walks up to me and he says, they've been doing this all wrong all along. Her numbers, because the higher the number, the worse it is, had dropped over 20, some of our numbers had dropped. And I looked at him and I said, so there's no, no need for any real, there's no emergency right now. He goes, oh, no, not at all. I said, so none of her vital organs are being affected. He said, no. And I said, well, what is it? That's, how is it going to improve her life? You know, is it something that is, you know, drastic? Excuse me. And he said, no, it'll just make her sit up a little higher in her chair. Well, we had been taking her to a special therapist for about a year. And this man's amazing. And uh, we took her there. And he actually, he helped, he strained her back some. And he's helped her, her legs as well. Well, we've got her back in that therapy again. And we're, you know, fingers crossed, praying every day, saying, you know, when she has her, she has sessions at least, I want to say, uh, three times a month, three or four times a month. And we noticed just in her first uh, uh, therapy session alone, there was a tremendous change, even in her hips, uh, her her mood, uh, her sleeping, everything. So to keep up on that, um, you know, it's just like you say, it's a, it's a day in, day out thing. But the one thing about Rett syndrome, and it's a very, it could be a very emotional thing and very hard hitting, but I'm going to put it, put it out bluntly. If your girl wakes up in the morning and you hear her, that's a reason to, to just, I'm going to sound dramatic, but get down on your knees and thank God, because a lot of the time, you'll put your girl to bed and she may not wake up. I mean, that, that's, that, that is the honest, raw honesty of it. And it's a totally different world. I will say that. And people, you know, and a lot of the time, the thing with it is you do deal with people who are intimidated by you, intimidated by your family, intimidated by your child. And I've always asked why. She's a human being just like everyone else. She has feelings. She has an amazing personality. She's extremely intelligent. Uh, the specialist said her intelligence cannot be measured. She's got, she's very smart. Um, she's a lot of fun. She enjoys doing the same things we do. She loves getting out. She loves going to the ocean. She loves nature. She loves fishing. We've taken her fishing. Um, and she loves to be in the kitchen. She loves to help bake. She wants to be a part of this world just, just like everybody else does. So I've had friends who have actually walked away. I don't see them anymore. Um, I've had family that doesn't even contact me. You know, it's like it's a different world. You have to learn how to accept it, and and just know that as like I said, as painful as it is, the ones that no longer that just seem to disappear. Like I said to you the other day, Tom on the phone, I said, it's like, they just disappear. They're meant to, they're meant to disappear from your life because it's, I think it's like say God's way, a higher powers way of 
showing you that no, this isn't right for you. And it's not just people, it's places and things I've noticed that I've lost in my life that I was very upset about, but then later on realized, wow, that was a blessing in disguise. Wow. Um, You're learning <laughs> right. It's amazing. Go ahead, yeah. I'm a little now, emotional. Now you see. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a great story. And I love I mean, more people that are around people that, you know, are different or you could call them handicapped, I guess. But they're, like you say, everybody's a human being. And the way you describe um, how, what a wonderful experience it is to have a daughter like that and how you've turned what some people would see as a negative into a tremendous positive is very, very enlightening. Very yes, it's it's not not just Victoria. Her older sister is amazing too, because a lot of times siblings, the siblings of of uh, any child that has any condition, per se, not just Rett syndrome, but they feel left out. They feel like okay, I'm tossed to the side now. You know, she has to have a her her sister was never like that. Savannah's been you know she's a godsend. I will say that she went and. What she decided to do when she was in high school and graduating was she took courses to be a CNA and a CRMA. And she went and worked in um, nursing facilities and such, took care of people, got very close to some. She's, she's a very, uh, how could I put it? Um, um, I think my, my godmother used to call her, well, she used to say she was an old soul or kindred spirit or something. She, used to, she had a name for her. And she, the, the level of compassion that she has um, outweighs. I mean, you look at she's 25 years old. And, you know, she, most, most girls her age, all they care about right now is, you know, getting their nails done, hair done, makeup, but just, just the stuff, you know, partying and all that. Well, she's taking care of chickens and coming and taking care of her sister and, you know, all through school and all, she used to help. She would help. She'd, she'd see me exhausted beyond getting to the point of being burnt out, exhausted. No, mom, go sit on the couch, get a cup of tea, sit on the couch. She'd go in and get her sister dressed, you know, for bed, or she'd go in and give her sister her nutritional supplement drink, or she'd go give her her medication because of course she's certified, you know, she can do that. Um, and she'd be like, Mom, you know, just, you need to sit. And she would actually get stern with me because I'm stubborn. I'm like my mother. You know, my mother was very stubborn. And she would, no, Mom, you need to sit down. So, you know, she's got a sister who decided to go into medical field because she said it was her sister that um, um, inspired her to do so. She also worked at a local uh, lab. She worked at the Jackson Lab, and she really – wanted to get up into the Rett syndrome area of that. And unfortunately, things didn't work out in that area. So what she decided to do is she decided to get a simple job. I mean, uh, I wouldn't just say simple job. She's working. She's got a job and she's taking, she's, she's homesteading. So, you know, she's living the dream right now. And I'm really, really proud of her. You know, all I can, uh, you, you know, we, Rebecca and I talk about destiny a lot of times and your life path and your plan. And I, you know, listen, <laughs> Rosemary, you, you, I know you have this love of writing and not only a love of it, I've read some of your things. I mean, you know, you come alive, but you have a gift. Um, 
and we're hearing it today in your ability to communicate and express yourself. I mean, but this, you know, how can you listen to this story and not think that this was, this was all of your destiny for all of the characters in your, in your family to come together and create this um, great aura, this great uh, this vibration, almost a vortex of, of support and love. And no matter what adversities you guys get thrown at you, uh, it, it was, it, you come back and, and, you know, everybody with all of the dissension and, and anger and hate that we're seeing now in, in division, this is a priceless story. I mean, I, I think, <laughs> I think we should uh, nominate you for sainthood. I mean, I'm not saying that at no, all. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I wouldn't go not, that not, far. <laughs> I'm not talking finally. I'm talking in terms of this is, this is a rare story. Rebecca, I'll turn that one over to you. What do you think? No, it is. I, and I was thinking the same thing when you were describing your your other daughter and how you all have come together. It's almost like um, it was done by design. You know, like God had a plan for all of you to give you this amazing uh, gift of learning compassion and giving and acceptance. And it, it's beautiful. It's an absolutely beautiful story. It is, and then there's there's even more. I mean, uh, I'm not going to leave my husband out of this at all. Um, and he's been. I'll be honest. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Like, I've another thing, Tom, that you don't know is my filter. <laughs> I'm not saying in a bad way, but my filter, the filter I had. I remember when we used to be on the radio. I was, I was very awkward. I think I kind of held a lot back, and I I have to say that. Um, you know, my, my husband's been through a lot. You know, a lot of people have downed him. They've, they've bashed him. They've, you know, they used to make fun of the way he, because he was a lobster fisherman for many years. He had his own boat. In fact, I fell in love with that. Uh, he took me out for an entire season, and I fell in love with being out in the ocean and, and doing that. And here he had his own his own boat and um, and his own, you know, captain's license, the whole nine yards. And we got married, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think if he's still, I think a little after we got married, his father had sold the boat, but he still had his captain's license. And I told him, I said, look, I want you to keep that. I know how much it means to you. He grew up, I mean, he, from the time when his father would put him on a crate to be able to see up out the window and he'd hold on to the steering wheel. That's how long he's been on the water since he was just even a baby. He's He's been out there all his life. And um, so he, you know, I remember to ask, telling him, look, you know, you, you could do this. And he was more worried, you know, on the financial aspect of it, of getting his license again. And he said, no, I'm not. He said, because Victoria needs me. And I said, yeah, well, I said, I understand that, but I said, I know how much you want to be out there. And he said, no, you're, you're more, my family's more important. You know, my Victoria's more important. Um, because at the time, I had been lifting Victoria a lot. Well, my back had my back was pretty close to gone at the time because I had two discs in the lower part of my back because of lifting her up and down the stairs that were ready to give up, you know, give in on me. And he said, no. He goes, it's I need to step in. He said, you know, we need to work together for her. We need to take care of her. And it's been that way. It's been 
Um, and he has worked. I mean, last year he he did, you know, he worked uh, for a time and he he's worked um, other jobs. And on top of getting up even in the middle of the night to help take care of her, you know. So, I mean, I, I've heard. Uh, Rosemary, I hate to interrupt, but could you explain that um, Rosemary's not, uh, I mean, Victoria is not his child. No, no, no. This is it's a stepchild. He's a stepfather. Yeah. Um, you know, she was born uh, 2002 and he and I got together. Oh, let's see. Uh, well, Savannah was 10 and she's 25 now. So we did the math. Um, we got together. She was she was still I don't think she was even in school yet. Uh, I think she was just getting ready to go into school. And we were together four years before we got married. And um he just, and that's the thing. I remember it was, I was, I was a single mom for quite a while. And uh, I remember going down to my father's stone. I'd go down to my father's stone and I would say, hey, dad, you know, I'm lonely. But I know, I know you'd like to, for me to be with someone that you'd agree with, you know. So I put that out there one day and it wasn't maybe three weeks later that he had popped up on me. And I already known him from my early 20s. He was kind of an acquaintance when I had lived um, in, a, in a, was a town called Winter Harbor. Um, and he, you know, he had known me. He's like, I, we both said, well, we, you look familiar. We actually, he sent me the message on what used to be my space. I remember that. Um, and I, you know, he asked, he told me I had beautiful eyes and everything else, the whole thing. And we started chatting. And then I said, well, yeah, I know you. I know who you are. So he, he came by with, his daughter is now my stepdaughter and uh, we, we clicked. I mean, became, we started to date and now, you know, here we are, we're married since 2009 and we're on the 22nd of November, the 11 years that we're married. Uh, So, you know, we've had our ups and downs. We've had our times where it's been very close, you know, where we've, we've almost uh, given up, uh, but we didn't. And, you know, we've, uh, we have our days, but who doesn't? And um, but we're still still going strong. Um, and as a matter of fact, after close to a year, we're finally going to get out and have some respite. We're actually going to get out and have our date night and our time um, to get out because her sister will be coming here to take care of her, and uh, we're going to actually have a little bit of breathing room and <laughs> time to have some fun. But it's been close to a year. We usually get. A break once a year, maybe. Um, well, you know, and it, it, usually, as, as Rebecca said, you know, and I, I felt feel that there's some kind of divine plan for you guys. And to think that how many guys would have never entertained, you know, one time they might, might have taken one look at Victoria and said, you know, I can't do this. And so it, it, you you attracted this amazing human that saw mm-hmm. and wanted the whole package. That's right. And he said, because what he told me was, he said, I did not just see you because I had, you know, two girls. So he has, he has three children of his own from previous marriage. And they're now, you know, my stepkids and I, I love them very much. And I told him, I remember we got together and things got serious and we were getting married. I said, look, I said, you call me what you're comfortable calling me. You know, don't feel that you had to call me stepmom or mom. You know, call me, call me Rosie if you want. Call me whatever you want to call me. And a lot of the times, you know, they'll say stepmommy or one of them will be like, hey, ma, whatever. 
but I, I love them the same way as I would love Savannah and Victoria and care for them the same way, even though they're not mine, they're not my children, but I love them very much. And, and I've had that. They've come to me and talked to me and said, you want to talk to me? I'm here. You know, um, you know, there's always, always a chair, always, there's always a place for you. So, you know, that was another thing is we both accepted each other's children. And when he, when he said, cause I told him, I said, I went to talk to my father, you know, I went and prayed with my father. Um, I, because I, I was meeting people and they were turning, they were turning right around and running because they saw Victoria and uh, <laughs> men is what I meant per se. Um, and, you know, when he came in, into my life, I thought, I didn't know what to expect, but he got to know Victoria and I noticed that he was making a connection with her. I noticed that he was starting to get used to her. And then before I knew it, he was starting to pick her up and carry her around. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is something that I didn't expect. Excuse me. And um, so he and he said, well, I didn't, I had to, I accepted the whole package. It wasn't just you. He said, I couldn't just, I couldn't just show my attention to you. So, you know, and my daughter, you know, my older daughter, Savannah, I can remember how excited she was. She's like, I have a dad because I was mom and dad for so long. You know, I, I had to keep, I had to kind of keep the balance, you know, on both ends there trying to keep, you know, not just be mom, but have that, you know, that sternness, that firmness. And now she had that. And I remember there was one time that he was really firm with her and she come to me and she says, mom, she goes, I'm really mad. I said, well, well he, he got on my case. And then I said, what did you pray for and ask for for the longest time? She goes, well, I wanted to have, you know, a, a, you know, a, a dad, dad. And I said, well, you have it. I said, and this is what comes with it. I said, you have to, you have to accept it. And she said, yeah, I guess you're right. And she just accepted it. And then from then on, she didn't complain. So. Uh, Ladies, we're coming down to the last 90 seconds here. You know, when I was, I talked to Rebecca, I went through a long period of doing spiritual, um, uh, healing through this energy healing. And when I used to take my daughters to it, one of them said, uh, you know, dad, that stuff is like taking a shower on the inside. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, after a positive, blessed um, podcast, that that's the only way I can describe how I feel right now. It, it, was, a, it's, it was like t- taking a shower inside from all of the all of the crazy stuff that's going on there right now to hear this beautiful story of love and, and, and positive uh, direction, uh, all of the tools that it takes to be a, an enlightened person, letting go, um, keeping the right company. Uh, Rebecca, help me out here. Why don't you give your take? But it's a beautiful story and it's so uplifting and I hope it reaches some people out there in um, blog talk radio land because I think it's going to up- uplift a lot of people to hear what an amazing journey your life has been and how you've turned it around so beautifully. And um, I think you've got an amazing 
future in store for you with all the great things that are coming up, you know, and this is the great awakening and you're, you're certainly living it. You're a big part of it. You're an example of what it means to be an awakened being. It's beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, there's one thing I, I, yeah, I know we're, we're getting down the time. (laughs) Um, Is that, uh, like I said, I do the meditation. I do it with a, it's on uh, YouTube. Kenneth Soros is his name. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. And one thing he says to just about everyone is that you are enough. And that's something that I even have to remind myself every day because there's times where I'm like, I want to go, you know, push myself, push, 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 push. And then I remind, wait, I'm enough because of what I'm doing. And I even said to, on, on the phone with Tom the other day was that, if someone is, is getting ready to drag themselves, you know, across the floor, they've just had it. If they get up in the morning and get out of bed, they've taken the biggest step because they, they're already on their way. They should just keep keep moving forward, keep walking, keep going. And, you know, because, I, like I said, like Tom said, I've, I've had some major adversities hit me very hard in life, and I've gotten past that. And anybody... You know, I I remember telling some people that say they don't get along with their parents. I had a I had a very traumatic relationship with my father for years, and we got over that. I say if I could get over that with my father, anybody could get over it and and get along with their parents, not just parents, anybody. So it's just it's trying to get past that wall, and a, and that's the wall you build yourself. Nobody else builds it for you, and you have to get past. You got to get over it, or you got to bust through it. Either one. But or take the time to chip away at it, but you can get through it. Mm. Wow. Good advice. Good advice. That's all I can say. You're Go ahead, Rebecca. No, you're a very powerful woman. You you've got some amazing um messages for people. That's a good one too. Yeah. yeah Forgiveness. You know, Learn to forgive. I, I'm hoping we can hoping we can do more of these. Um they're just fabulous. I hope so, too. I was hoping you'd say that, Tom. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> well, we're yeah. going to do our best to share this. Um, Rebecca has a nice following. I'm sure that the light workers would love to to share this with you, Rebecca. And uh, I know I'll, I'll put yeah. it out my networks. Um, it, it's, it is. It's a shower on the side that you can hear this loving, I'm getting emotional here, this loving story. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, it's it's a message that everybody's got to hear right now. Mm. Thank well, you. Well, I hope it can get through. Cause, yeah. All right. Hey, thank you so much. Then uh, you remind. I f- actually forgot that the name of my whole program is Upbeat. And uh, that's right. I'm just getting back into doing this, and uh, you've given me the energy. I've got another one coming up on Saturday that I'm really looking forward to. Um, and this is what Rebecca and I have been hoping to do is to keep preaching, keep sending the light out there, keep showing people that there's this hope that we can, uh, you know, this, you know, when this first happened, I said to Rebecca, I said, this is the great divide. I said, this is the dark night of the soul. This is the all is lost moment when everybody has to put uh, it all together and create new selves like you did and by creating individual selves that are new and uh, upbeat and and going forward we're going to mm-hmm. create 
have the opportunity to create a whole new world. Yeah. Before we hang up, I just wanted to put out there, like I said, the most, the most the biggest thing that ever happened in, in my life in the past, the, the uh, club that I'm in is called the Red Knights uh, Motorcycle Club. We're at Chapter 3 in Maine, and our main focus is Make-A-Wish, and we have granted many wishes in the past few years. There's been a lot of very happy children and families that, uh, in fact, we just granted another one. So um, oh, just wanted to put, put that out there. And there's right. many chapters all over the world doing it, uh, doing different things. So, yeah. All right. Till the next time, Rebecca. Any last words? No, I just want to say thank you. And my expression is, if you want to see perfection, change your perception, and you do that beautifully. <laughs> well, thank yeah, you. I, I also believe there's no such thing as perfect, but because there's always going to be that, there's always going to be those little rough edges that we have to get around oh, and. Yeah smooth out so well, always going to be that little right Rebecca's Rebecca's mantra it's what is it Rebecca it's an it's an inside oh it's an inside job it's always an inside yeah. job yes yeah. alright ladies thank nice. you thank you well thank right. you Tom okay appreciate it thanks everyone alright all right. All right. Bye. Just check out. Uh, you'll, you'll, uh, this will be posted on Blog Talk and on, on Facebook. And um, hope you get a chance to listen to an amazing story. Thanks, ladies.